welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode number 77 for Saturday the 2nd of December 2017. So busy old week this week, lots going on, <laughs> maybe a little bit too much, but never mind about that. And the words written this week, uh, I got a day of writing done yesterday, Thursday, which is not my usual writing day. I just had to shuffle my Thursday and Friday around today. I'm recording this on Friday because I've just been for a business meeting in Lancaster, which is very pleasant because I lived in Lancaster. I went to university there many, many years ago. Um, but I wrote yesterday... And I wrote 5,207 words yesterday, which means that I'm on the final words of my sci-fi book, Deleted. Now, that's going to get written next week, and it's going to get written on Thursday again. I'm shuffling the days around, because next Friday, I'm doing a a corporate teaching for how to use MailChimp, uh, and that will take me out on that day. So, writing day next Thursday, that should have Deleted first draft finished. It's then going to sit there while I disappear to Benidorm for a week and uh, enjoy the rays and the sunshine. And then I'm hoping that over three days before Christmas, I will then give that my read. Um, that's what, when I um, adjust it based on the read that my wife's done. She looks for initial spelling mistakes, plot flaws, question marks, things like that. I process those first. Then I read it again afresh and make any changes that I need to. I try and get it as ready as I possibly can for Helen Fazal. Uh, Helen, uh, fortunately, has managed to rejig her diary and is going to be able to do an edit on Deleted for me. So she'll do that. I let her have it on the 2nd of January and then she'll have it back so that I'll get that released on the 23rd of March. So that's the release date for deleted. There's plenty of time to get deleted uh, right and, and perfect and get all the all the bits and bobs absolutely sorted. Um, so it's got a lot more reads to go yet, but the, the basic story is there. It's very exciting. I must admit that yesterday when I was writing, I was thinking, do you know what? I could just sit down and finish this now. I know exactly where it's going. I, I just want to get the words out when I get the story out. But I had to go off trying to remember what I had to do yesterday afternoon. I had to go off and do something yesterday afternoon. Oh, that's right. I had two um, podcast interviews to do yesterday afternoon. Um, so it was time limited. I had to get my 5,000 words done by a certain time. And then I was recording a podcast at three o'clock in the afternoon. So I couldn't go on yesterday whether I wanted to or not because I had fixed appointments to do. So feeling really pleased with that. Uh, I'm very happy with the book. It's extremely exciting. My wife read up to 40,000 words. I think it was over last weekend. She loves it because she's read uh, Secret Bunker and The Grid. Um, she's really likes that the references back to those books. You don't have to have read those books, but they're all sorts of, what do they call them? Easter eggs, aren't they? There's all sorts of Easter eggs in it, which I'm pleased about too. The way I've managed to link the worlds, uh, without making a huge deal out of it, but it becomes then the first, the perfect first book to read. And it is going to be a standalone book. And I'm hoping that I can use that for marketing to then get people into my trilogies. That's the big plan anyway. So. Got me writing done this week. Um, it was a little bit of a struggle, only because I had other things going on in life. And you know, sometimes um, you have to sit down. And you think, you know, I would rather be doing these things, but now I've got to sit down, and get the writing done. I'm fortunately um, good enough at forcing myself to sit down and not doing those things, even though I want to and I'm desperate to, before the writing's got done. But re- you know, really, that's what writing comes down to. There's loads of distractions on your time, and you have to force yourself. I mean, I, I do my writing. Um, I can't remember who was asking me 
me this week saying how how on earth do you write five thousand words in a day? I write five thousand words in a day through for, sheer force of will um, because that's if I don't do that, I'm not going to get the writing done. So uh, you know there is no I'm not inspired today. Uh, I don't feel like it. It's just sheer force of will. And if you insist on making yourself sit down and get 5,000 words done you will and it's become it's become my normal now so people express a lot of surprise at being able to write 5,000 words but it's my normal when they tell me that maybe they write 750 words I think well I don't think I could write that because it wouldn't engage me doing a little bit here a little bit there I don't think I could do that you see it wouldn't suit my style and it really suits my style doing the 5,000 in a day and uh, I can probably I think the maximum I've done it maybe is three or f- three days in a row probably I think I can kind of keep it up for that length of time I'm not sure whether I could do it every day I think I'd have to change my pattern if I was writing every day but that just fits in with my my scheme you know my kind of um, timetable every week um one fatal error was what I was doing last weekend. So I did my writing, my writing last week, and then I had to move on to one fatal error. And um, I have found a really good way of, of doing the edits now. Uh, and this is the edits at all stages. Now, this year, my books have been written to 50,000 words because I started doing three days a week work this year. I had to find a way of, of shuffling my work around to make sure I kept my output up, but also managed to, to do the day job and everything else that I had to do. So I decided to write four 50,000 word books this year um 50,000 is is the, is a magic number i think actually 40,000 is a magic number but basically you could charge a full price when you're writing at 40 50,000 words so so in many respects it doesn't really make that much difference whether you write at 90,000 or, or 50,000 because you can still charge the same kind of price for it so if you're going to be completely business like about this if you're going to say i need to create the the minimum minimum length book that I can then charge a full price for in sheer business terms you know it's just time and motion isn't it it makes a lot of sense and that's what I've done this year it's been a real old time and motion study I needed to get as many books out as I could this year and I, and I will have got four books out this year uh, which is fab and they're all going to be 50,000 words by the time they're edited by the way they're slightly shorter than that they're about 45 by the time um, you know Helen sort of been through it and knocked some stuffing out of it and tidied them up nicely so um, I'm writing at about 45,000 they're selling at 399 in the UK and four ninety nine in in the US and remember you know this has been my best month ever um, selling at those prices so those prices are working uh, uh, very well for me at the moment uh, and I've made more money than I ever have um, actually pricing up which is, which is fasc- as fascinating for me as it probably is for you um, so I worked on one fatal error last week on Friday Saturday and Sunday uh, that. Um, is now done so I loaded those final editions into vellum gotta mention vellum again fantastic takes no time at all to get those books ready and then what Helen does for me my editor Helen Vazal I send the copy to her she just then reads it as a reader would so without being bogged down in the minutiae she reads it through makes some last minute adjustments I will put those last minute adjustments in probably today or tomorrow morning I'm going to do them fast because they want my final versions in and uh, that book will go live the uh, book will go live on the 6th. So One Fatal Error, the standalone, goes live on the 6th. And then I've also got on pre-release the box set. Um, so that's going to be One Fatal Error. It's going to be, he says, trying to remember the name of his books, Burden of Guilt and Dead of Night, my three standalones, then go into a box set. And I release those on the 8th of December. And because of Vellum, these last minute changes that Helen makes, they're just so easy uh, to do and to load up. So, um, you know, that that really is another recommendation for you use vellum when you're processing your books for publication 
Again, I, I enjoyed reading the book. It's it's lovely to read a book. I'd just completely forgotten it. I'd moved into sci-fi, uh, read it through, really enjoyed it. One of the big problems I'm having with my thrillers is when I'm writing when I'm writing first drafts, I'm I'm kind of putting baddies in as I need them, and then I I, I have to go through and and kind of do a baddie and body count. So I have to work out which baddie produced which body and which baddie's dead and when you know it's just really tallying the characters and I, I have to be careful of that so I think that the top tip and Helen's helped me with this really is the top tip is really to give the baddies and, and they might not be baddies in your books but the the sub characters if you want um give them a scar or give them a hair color or give them a, a speaking quirk or something like that and then it's easy to keep a tally on on who's doing what and which character is which um and timelines is the other thing i struggle with i know with deleted and um, i know roughly what the timeline is but i'm gonna to have to make sure my timelines of the plots are aligned so i always struggle with timelines i'm gonna to have to uh, go back when i read that um before christmas and i will always then write the timeline down now this is this is one of the curses of being more of a, a panther than a plotter uh, I, I know that I couldn't plot in detail certainly not at the moment I couldn't plot in detail um, I do have an outline plot but generally the time frame that the book takes place it emerges throughout the course of the book and then it, in my next edit my second edit I then have to make sure that the time scales uh, are absolutely right the the time frame of the story and that everything aligns it's not it's not too big a deal but these are things i guess i'll get better at as i write my books you know i really ought to think about the time frame before i write the books i'm telling you that but i know i won't do it because i prefer to write books in a way where the story emerges as i go on i don't want to super plan my books i think it would kill a lot of the enjoyment for me um yet again with my book launch you know there's no chris fox stuff here uh, this book's just going to flop out. And uh, I'm actually, it makes me feel better listening to Joanna Penn now talk about when she releases uh, her books, particularly her fiction books, because that's pretty well what she does. You know, I view this as a sausage factory. And in the days of internet marketing, everything relied on, on the launch. If you didn't have a good launch, if the book didn't convert in the launch, then um, you know, it was, that was it. It was over. Um, you'd missed your chance. Um, the people who were backing it would, would fall aside. They'd fall by the wayside because it wasn't converting. And it was do I die with internet launches. And I'm, I'm kind of quite sick of that. Um, I've done a lot of launches in my time. And this is probably why I shy away from them, um, as, a, as an author. Because, you know, look at the facts of this matter is that I published the Don't Tell Meg trilogy a year ago, but I've had my best month with it this month. Okay. That's marketing. That's not launching. That's marketing. Now I know and I understand that. Um, if you have good launches connected with your book, then they make it go in the rankings and then you might have those better months as a result of a launch. I, I get that. But I, I think the, the point that I'm making really is that it doesn't all have to um, stem on a launch. It doesn't all have to happen around a launch that a book is an asset and that asset can make you money at any time. So for instance, I make more money now on my secret bunker trilogy than I ever did at the beginning when I launched it uh, two or three years ago now. So you need to think of books as assets and maybe a launch didn't go well. Doesn't matter. Um, your marketing will get better. You will write more books and therefore it will be easier to sell that book. And it's been my experience. I haven't had a lot of experience. I've only been doing this for three years, but my experience is I make more money the more books I write and um, I make money, more money the longer I'm in it as I learn more about 
marketing and it's just step by step by step by step so if you've had a launch and you've thought that was really disappointing and I was putting everything on that launch and now it feels like it's all over that I was wasting my time please don't feel like that because it's absolutely not you know you will be able to sweat that book and you know the film deal might come along in 10 years time and you make your millions on it in 10 years time this is how you have to think about books and this is why I don't get excited about the launches now maybe you see, at the moment, I'm in work, work, work mode. That's how I am as an author. I'm not making enough money regularly or consistently enough. Uh, so I'm putting out more product. I'm putting all my focus into the product. Now, at a time when I might be able to draw more breath, at a time when maybe um, I've got more income coming in more regularly from the books, then I would get more strategic probably about the launches. But at the moment, it's one out, one in, one out, one in. I'm just constantly working on a book or launching on a book. And I, I don't have the time to do those those massive launches because I'm trying to get to a critical mass with my books. And for me, the last part of that critical mass is one more standalone thriller, uh, which I should be writing. I think I'll be writing in between January and March of next year. I have a more substantial book that is itching its way through my mind that I'm actually really keen to start writing on. But I think that next year is probably going to be made up of one standalone thriller plus a, a substantial 90 to 100,000 word um, sort of sci-fi cub literary fiction by literary fiction that the books that I write I don't, I don't mess around with them they're straight in get on with it no long description um, it, they just it just get on with it they're, they're they're fast reads it's not literary fiction lovely um, they're just they just bang out a, what I hope is a great action-packed story and they just get on with it um and and I've got, I've got two stories actually the other one will have to come much later and it is actually planned I was going to write it this year but I decided no that's you know focus on the money and the business side of things um but th these are things that I want to write but I got a sci-fi one that I'm really quite keen to write and I might not even self-publish it it's the sort of book that I might put around publishers but you see I need to be making more money from the self-published books before I do that it's always chicken and egg if I if I did the more substantial and, and quality isn't the right word. Quality is not the right word. A different, it's a different market, a more substantial book, a slightly more sort of cerebral intellectual book, probably than I would, I would normally write. But I got, a, I got an idea for that. I want to get that done. And I might then put that around publishers, but you and I know how long that's going to take. That's going to take forever. And, and so that's writing time, six months of writing time that I can't be producing a unit that definitely is going to bring money in. So I, I'm just toying with these ideas for 2018 now. Um, and, and you know, really the secret to this is if I can earn more money on a monthly basis with the books that I'm producing now, that will buy me more time to write something that takes slightly longer and is maybe hedging my bets a little bit as to, as to whether it would get published or find a market. So anyhow, that's all the mess in my mind at the moment. And when I do my, uh, you know, sort of quarterly review at the end of, December and then tell you what my 2018 aims are on the 1st of January uh, that will have been crystallized I'll know pretty well I'll commit to what I'm going to be doing for the next year okay so other writing news and I'm going to start other writing news with news that isn't writing at all and I wanted to put this at the beginning of the podcast before you sort of tune out to make sure that I, I get this message in this is nothing to do with writing at all but it is to do with podcasts um, one of the things I'm doing in my personal life at the moment, it's been on my radar for a while, is I, I'm, I'm putting some small amounts into cryptocurrency um, at the moment. I'm learning a lot about cryptocurrencies. And you'll see the scams all over the place in your Facebook feed, things like that. Everybody's saying, you know, get into cryptocurrency, bet the house and all of that. Well, I don't subscribe to any of that. But I, I am extremely interested in cryptocurrencies. Um, I have some very small investments in cryptocurrencies. And uh, I'm very keen 
to start a podcast on cryptocurrencies. Now, because I'm doing this podcast, I don't want it to be a lot of work. Um, I want it to effectively be like a sell more book show for crypto, in which I, I want to have a co-presenter too. So I don't want it to just like be half an hour of me yakking like this. Um, I, I don't want it to be that. I want to have another voice in it. Um, I want there to be some interaction, you know, some laughs, some discussion, some debate in it. So I'm looking for a co-host for a cryptocurrency podcast. And what I would say is that in the first instance, you know, probably I'm looking for five to 10 episode uh, commitment just so we can see how it goes and whether we're going to kill each other or not. Now, there is another proviso with this is that I'm looking for, I, 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 that's not definitely, but I'm more minded to co-present with a female presenter. And the reason for that is that at the moment, 80% of cryptocurrencies is blokes. It's, it's men and 20% women. And there's no reason why women shouldn't be interested in this, um, because it's going to change the world, I think, in my opinion. And so I'm more minded, if I can, to, to co-present with a female presenter, because I want the podcast, uh, you know, I hope that this podcast doesn't feel like it's gender biased in any way. And, and certainly from the feedback I get, I have a mixture of, of, of guys and gals listening to the podcast, which is, which is fabulous. And I've had that experience throughout all my internet marketing career. I fortunately seem to appeal to both ends of the market don't seem to put off either either side but that's what my, my cryptocurrency podcast must be that because there's bias within cryptocurrency itself a, a bias of 80 percent towards guys so i'm on the lookout for a co-presenter for a podcast and what it will involve effectively is joining me um on skype um probably uh this is for discussion but the the time i'm always available is seven to eight on a sunday evening um so provisionally seven to eight on a sunday evening um, either I will come up with six stories or we'll come up with three stories each and we'll just literally say, what have you spotted in cryptocurrency this week? And then we'll go through the news stories and we'll discuss them. So it's like sell more book show, but for cryptocurrency news. You don't need to be an expert in cryptocurrency. Uh, you need to know a little bit about it. Um, it would be lovely if you've had some very small bets in cryptocurrency. You don't need to be a financial expert, but obviously if you've got that kind of expertise, that's great. But one of the big provisos of the show is that it will have all the disclaimers. We are not financial advisors. We are not recommending that you do any of this. You know, we're talking nonsense. Uh, you know, this is just for informational purposes only. So you don't have to be an expert. So um, if that, if you feel that that is something that might interest you, a co-presented show, I take the strain, you know, I buy the lips in, I do the editing, I do the recording, you sit on the end of a line and you co-record with me, you're my co-host for this. Um, but you need to be, you know, I, I can't have someone who's clueless about cryptos, you know, you've got to know one end of a crypto, you've got to be, you've got to have at least a cursory knowledge of that environment, know what they are, you know, know that it's more than Bitcoin you know, know that it's sort of disrupting the world of money. You've got to know the basics of it, but you don't definitely, definitely don't have to be an expert because I'm far from an expert, far, far from it. Um, but it's like, it's like several books, you know, Jim and, and uh, Brian, uh, they don't claim to know everything, but they discuss it with that kind of informed mind. They're in the industry and that's what I'm looking for, really. So that's just like a, a little sideline. If, if that is something that you feel that would interest you and that you would be, uh, you'd be good at that, you'd like to have a go at that, then just email me, please, at paul at paulteague.com. Uh, Teague is T-E-A-G-U-E. And um, if you can't find that or you, the, the email bounces back because you spelt it incorrectly, then go to paulteague.com, um, the blog or selfpublishingjourneys.com, the podcast, and just go through the help desk or the contact forms. I'm really easy. You can't not contact me. I'm all over the place on the web. So um, I'd love to hear from you if that's the case. 
Okay, so what else have we got going on? Uh, Goodreads giveaways uh, have gone well, but this is interesting. Here I am saying to you, and I've noticed Joanna Penn doing the same too. Joanna Penn saying, all oh, these good Goodreads giveaways, they're great. Uh, people put you in their want to reads. It's a great way of virally sending traffic and it only costs you the price of the books. Well, would you know, the minute Paul T connects to it, this is probably, by the way, means that Bitcoin's over because Paul's got interested in it. Uh, but the minute Paul, uh, you know, realizes how great those Goodreads giveaways are, what do they do? They sent out an email this week saying that Goodreads giveaways are ending. Uh, I think they're still going on in the USA. Um, I think that's correct, but, uh, we're all going to have to pay for them now. So, uh, looking at articles online, it looks like it's going to be $119 to give away 100 copies of your book for you. So not only do you pay for the, the copies of the book that you're giving out, um, you also have to pay the $119 for the promo now. So, um, the, the two giveaways I'm doing now, I think are going to be my last one. So let's just shed a little tear for a technique that was working really well. And they've changed it, uh, just as I decided to, to jump on it. So. You know, it's like cryptocurrencies. It's usually a good sign. The minute Paul Ting jumps on something, it's about to die. Uh, so, uh, but let me give you the results of my Goodreads giveaways. So, um, Dead of Night's been running for a month. UK only, remember, because of the, pro the postage prices. I've been giving three copies of Dead of Night away on Goodreads. And we are, I, I can't remember whether the giveaway's over yet, but it's nearing its end. And so far, 250 people have requested a copy of that book. And then I also tried a non-fiction book. So via my paulteague.com blog, and obviously via the Good Goodreads uh, platform, I've been giving away two copies of my book, MailChimp Unbox. That's in the UK again. And we've had 101 people requesting that book. So, you know, again, all those people who request it uh, tend to put it in their I want to read this book or they keep an eye on it. So it's just a great way, or it was a great way until they knocked it on the head of driving viral traffic. Now, if I can sneak another giveaway in there before they knock it on the head, I will. But um, I'm a little bit disappointed that they've done that because it was a nice little technique and that's them trying to monetize Goodreads giveaways. I do keep hearing chat about whether Goodreads are going to let us give away uh, ebooks. Uh, that would be a really uh, good result if we could give away ebooks through Goodreads, but we'll just have to watch and wait and see with that one. So, you know, sooner have I been telling you and recommending to you that you try these Goodreads giveaways and then knock them on the head, but that, that's just life. Nothing stays still. So I think I've got I've got a little printout here, and I put the printout by the way on the resources page for this week. Uh, the message is: any giveaways created before January the ninth, two thousand and eighteen, for entrants residing outside uh, the US will continue to run as scheduled. So I think that means I could do one up until January the ninth, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah. So January the ninth is our cutoff day. So I might stick all of my books on there very quickly, so that I then get those. Um, actually, that's probably quite a little good strategy now. I'm thinking about it. Uh, and I will have to read the small print. I am notoriously bad at reading small print. But if that's the case, it probably makes sense to stick every book I've got as a Goodreads giveaway uh, before January so that everybody who sees it in that time will mark it as want to read as many people as I could possibly get. Uh, and then it doesn't matter after that because I can't do giveaways anyway. But I'll, I'll think that one through. There might be a flaw to that. So that's just off the cuff thinking. It might be fatally flawed. So just be careful with that one. Uh, what else has been going on? We've got a couple of uh, new patrons. Well, Pip Reed, who is one of my previous guests um, on this podcast. Uh, Pip's in New Zealand. And uh, I meet so many authors, actually, through Twitter. Uh, I've got to tell you, this podcast is a great way of meeting and connecting with um, authors. It's fantastic. So when uh, people connect with me on Twitter 
And if they send me a, a message, you say, oh, just found the podcast, enjoyed the podcast. Obviously, I do what you do, which is to check them out, see what they're writing. And often I look at people and think, oh, you're doing a lot of interesting stuff. There's a, there's a good interview in here. And then I reach out to them and we get the book. Did it? And Pip's are an example of that doing some fantastic stuff uh, with sort of kids' Bible stories and the illustrations are wonderful. And, and Pip, now, let me, I've got to remember this, Pip. You know what my memory's like, but you are the one, the, you're the author who's doing brilliant things with Pinterest, I think. Best ever use of Pinterest. I'm sure that's you. Um, and so you learn something new from every author. Now, Pip's been a big supporter of the show, always retweeting and, and, and sort of bigging up the show, which I'm really grateful for, Pip. And Pip became a patron, a new patron through Patreon this week. Thank you very much for that, Pip. Um, and it's been a crazy week this week, but as soon as I can get to it, Pip, I'll put your, um, I'll put all your links on the page. Now, it's interesting. The, pa- the patrons, I get my Patreon and my patrons mixed up. The patrons that we've had so far for this, uh, blog not blog it's a podcast isn't it Paul this podcast um have asked me uh, because they're at the beginning of their careers they've asked me not to put the links on a page so Pip's actually the first person who's going to get links on a page so I'll sort that out and uh, I'll let you know Pip when I've done that and also Dana who was this week's FBI agent if you haven't listened to that interview it's a great great interview with Dana really enjoyed it and um, Dana also uh, made a PayPal contribution to the um podcast i keep going to call it a blog the podcast ball that's what you're presenting uh, she made a donation to the podcast this week which is fantastic thank you very much there are two ways to support the podcast via a one-off or recurring paypal um, contribution or via patreon i am appalling at plugging that that you can support the podcast in that way um but i will put the link well the links all over the website at selfpublishingjourneys.com if you do a, a search for patreon uh, Paul Teague, you'll probably find it in the search engines. Uh, but it just helps this, it pays the costs of this podcast, basically, the hosting costs with Libsyn. And obviously, uh, it's uh, my time, the time that I put into to doing this. And it's just a way, if you enjoy the podcast, you get value from it. It's a fantastic way of helping it to continue. So thank you very much for existing patrons. And thank you very much to Pip for becoming a new patron this week. Busy, busy week this week. I've done three podcast interviews. Remember what I said that I was thinking when we got to the new year that I might uh, change the frequency of the interviews. But to be honest with you, I've got so many guests just just naturally occurring at the moment without me having to go hunting and chasing people. I just thought, well, there's very little point changing the schedule really until such point at which I'm the the, the two we, we hit this perfect storm of me being really strapped for time and me not having enough guests. But at the moment, they're just coming in um, thick and fast people are saying yes and I'm meeting new people on Twitter and ask you know people who've got a lot to talk about uh, because we've got to talk for an hour I, you know, I can't talk to you if there's only five minutes worth of conversation to have so I, I generally need a certain uh, critical mass is what I call it a critical mass of things that we can chat about um, to get sort of 50 minutes of, or an hour of a chat um, into the conversation so um, I do have some some prerequisites for this. I can't just interview anybody. Uh, but I have, I've had some great guests this week. I've really enjoyed myself doing these interviews. Um, first of all, I interviewed Carol Rivers and Chris Wood. Now, Carol has been... Well, I, di- I didn't realise, actually, when we spoke, I knew that she'd done sagas and she'd been published through, I think it was Simon & Schuster. I didn't realise until we talked that she'd started and cut her teeth as a writer uh, writing Mills & Boone books, which I'm, I'm endlessly fascinated in Mills & Boone because it's just such a great... It was Mills & Boone was indie author strategy before we had indie authors it was write fast write at a certain length write to market uh, you know write tropes they had it they had it sus before indie authors did that's i've got a lot of respect for what what goes on in mills and boot it's fa- fascinating so carol now though is um, she's been seduced by the dark side she's going into um 
self-publishing and she's self-publishing a lot of her back catalogue along with husband Chris Wood so it was the first ever double up interview I'd done where I was talking to husband and wife team at the same time it was it was great fun we had a lot of laughs uh, I'll tell you something that I was really pleased uh, at from a Mills and Boone author I got complimented on my sex scenes in Don't Tell Meg um, it's not very often that Paul T's got complimented on his sex scenes but a Mills and Boone writer complimented me um, on, on, on the scenes in Don't Tell Meg which I'm, I'm really sort of very highly delighted about but we had a lot of laughs anyway in that interview so that that's going out um i'm trying to remember when it's going out probably before christmas but in the next couple of weeks anyway and then again um so i met carol on on twitter and we started conversing and then also um another supporter of the show is patrick sheriff and patrick um, started tweeting me uh, i think this is how we got to know each other patrick uh, lives in japan and had started tweeting me pictures from japan and you know i'm like with foreign travel i see i see a foreign location and my antennae are twitching because i love foreign travel and uh, so i got chatting to patrick patrick said some brilliant things uh, online and an amazing um story I, I i knew he'd done this but i didn't realize how amazing it was when they had the the uh, earthquake and tsunami in japan a couple of years ago uh, patrick had, had gathered a, a lot of authors uh, together to create a book um that was meant at raising funds it was it was like a it was like a band-aid for the J- japanese tsunami and um and it shot to really high in the charts and it got really high profile support it's a br- brilliant brilliant story and uh, we were talking about that uh, yesterday but he he also has a very eclectic uh, career as a writer. Um, so that was a fascinating interview. And again, that's another author that I just happened to meet on Twitter. I was looking at websites and things. Wow, there's a lot to talk about here. Let's let's get Patrick on the show. So really enjoyed doing that. And ironically, I was in Carlisle. Patrick was in Japan. And we had this beautiful Skype signal. And then later on that same day on Thursday, I spoke to Tim Wakeling, who is in my home county. Now, he's in a place called Millam, which is oh, it's, it's like miles away if you drive there. But as the crow flies, it's quite a long way away, even though we're in the same county. But we could not manage to sustain a Skype signal between two points in Cumbria. We couldn't manage to do it. it. Kept dropping out, and I ended up ringing him through Skype on the phone, even though he's in the same county. So that's my experience with Skype. I talk to people all over the world, and I have the biggest problems with it when I'm making local calls. But um, Tim is somebody. Now, this is like um, publishing Happy Families. If you're a, if you listen to the podcast regularly, I chatted to Russ Holden who uh, formats books and he's a, a gentleman that I met locally he's come to a couple of my corporate trainings and I, I did some business support with him recently and um, I said well I must interview for the podcast because you've got a set of skills here that I haven't got and a lot of people can learn from you so I, I interviewed Russ and Russ mentioned Tim to me and Tim is a gentleman that he they used to work in a in a traditional uh, publishing organization in Cumbria and they both went their separate ways and, and Tim um, has set up his own business in Milan and he employs he, he couldn't quite remember the number it's about 15 it's in between 10 and 20 but he thought it was about 15 16 people at his company and he sells guides to older people so how to use a computer guide and he does not sell these on Amazon he's employing 15 or, or thereabouts people with this makes a brilliant living from it and he, he, he um, his advertisements are offline in magazines like Saga and The Oldie this is an incredible story. And we had a brilliant talk about marketing. It's, it's really, it's about writing, but it's also about, there's some real ninja marketing stuff in there. Tim is doing amazing things. There are two people I've spoken to on this podcast. Uh, one was Edward. I'm trying to remember his second name from the Wishing Shelf Awards. I can't remember your second name. I'm so sorry. I'm terrible with names and Tim and both of those authors are making a fortune and they're not using Amazon to do it. 
There's a lot of lessons to be learned there. In Tim's case, well, also in Edward's case, um, and they are, they've both built their own platform to sell their books. They're not relying on the usual suspects. So whether you want to do that or not, or whether it's something for the future, brilliant, brilliant interview with Tim. It's marketing gold dust. So make sure you catch that interview. That's coming up in, would you believe it, January 2018 now. Uh, by the way, when I recorded Patrick this week, I delivered the bad news to him and said, you are my Christmas Day podcast guest. You know, no pressure like. So poor old Patrick, he's he's my Christmas Day um, podcast episode. So uh, what else have I got to tell you? Oh, um, you'll, you'll have heard me say that I don't think that uh, Insta Freebie giveaways are as effective as they once were. And, and that's really been confirmed to me by um, my recent sci-fi giveaway now i i did that sci-fi giveaway it ended when did it end the weekend last weekend last sunday um i don't know how many leads i added about 200 maybe 250 by the way it was my fault um there is a little tick box at insta freebie now and i I don't think i clocked it um and i don't i'm sure it wasn't always there but anyhow mine had defaulted to unticked so it was they could they could get my book uh, and decide whether they wanted to opt in or not, which is why my leads were down. But people have said to me, people seem to be happy with their leads uh, in the giveaway. I, I thought it was much lower. I know I've delivered about six to 800 leads in my giveaways before. You know, I would say mine were 200, 300 maximum. That's trying to estimate what I lost from not having the little tick box on Insta Freebie. So a lot of people will have got my books without having to register for them. That's not as good as it was. Um, tell you what was interesting. Um, I'm surprised I got away with this, but I, I used a special kind of tracking link that I use um, for Insta Freebie, and Insta Freebie promoted the the giveaway through their list, through their mailing list, and um, I got over f- a thousand clicks from Insta Freebie from their from their own email list because I was able to track it, which is very interesting. And um, so there's a lot of power if you do a giveaway, try and get Insta Freebie to support it because they'll deliver over a thousand targeted clicks to your event and you know normally you'd have to pay a lot of money if you if you try if you think about bookbub when you get a bookbub deal you are paying them for clicks in this case insta freebie are letting you have those just because you're an insta freebie customer most people would charge you for those clicks so um it's well worth having is what i'm trying to say to you because i i tracked it and i got some numbers on it and as always i found authors that i can interview for the podcast the guy who won the insta freebie wow he said uh it was something like 3,000, over 3,000 unique clicks. So three times what a, a big organization like InstaFreebie said, 3,000 uh, uh, clicks to the giveaway. So, um, you know, that's amazing. So I'm interviewing this gentleman, Craig. Uh, he's coming on the podcast. We've just got to get a date booked in. It'll be February 2018 probably now because I'm way ahead with the podcast. But it's really interesting to see what people are doing and who can deliver the the sort of the big clicks and I might have a word with somebody like Craig and say how about doing a book exchange because oh by the way here's the good news is that although I couldn't come anywhere near Craig I was at least number two promoter in my own giveaway so um, however badly I feel I'm doing I still was able to beat 32 33 other um, sort of you know marketers still got more clicks than them but I could not touch Craig he was amazing i've never seen anybody deliver that many clicks out of my giveaways um and as a sucker for punishment i'm now going to run a thriller giveaway uh from saturday saturday the 2nd of december until friday the 8th of december um i've managed to get a team a uh, bit of a struggle to fill that one but I, i've got my 30 people that's all i need uh, 30 um other authors in the thriller genre so we'll be thrashing that and i'll let you know how we do for numbers when i do the diary next week i think that's right yes i'm trying to get my my diary fixed in my head. A um, couple of other bits. Um, 
I'm I'm on spec. I've gone out. Got, oh, I'm entering a middle grade uh, YA authors XP event now. When I wrote the Secret Bunker, originally it was for kind of thirteen and upwards. There's no unsuitable stuff in it at all. There's no unsuitable violence in it at all. Though bizarrely, because I haven't got a clue because of my own author marketing frailties, I haven't got a clue how to bring it to that age group. And I certainly ain't going around in schools, not as a former teacher. I'm not doing that. No way that's happening. So not unless I've got bodyguards. So uh, um, you know, I haven't really sold it to to young adults. And um, so when I got an email saying, oh, we're running this authors, I think it's authors, yeah, it's AXP, authors XP event. They're doing this middle grade young adult promotion and it has to be non-sexualized books, you know, no violence. It's got to be suitable for, for youngsters. I thought, well, what the heck? I get on really well with those authors XP events. Let's give it a try. So I'm giving that a try and that starts on. So let's look at his diary. I've got so many things on it, it's ridiculous. Um, that's the 5th, Tuesday the 5th. So I'll let you know how that goes. I think it runs for about a week. And um, basically, uh, I think you pay $45 and then um, everybody competes for, they either get all the books that are in the giveaway, which is often 30, 35 books, or I think the second and third prizes, you get one book. So I'm only having to send ebooks via book funnel. It doesn't sort of cost me other, anything other than the $45. And in the past, I've had 600 to 1,000 um, subscribers from those. So I thought, all oh, right, I've never tried that before. Let's give it a try. It's only $45. So um, I'll let you know how that goes. Uh, I'd completely forgotten that I had entered the Caledonia Novel Awards. And I'm not about to tell you that I've just been shortlisted because I haven't. I got an email saying, um, here's the, the long list for the Caledonia Novel Awards. And I scanned it to see if I was on it and I wasn't. And then I thought, did I enter that? I can't even remember. So I had to search my Gmail and I did enter it. So this is news to say I entered it. I didn't get anywhere. So, but to be honest with you, I don't know whether I'd expect to. It looked a bit literary fiction to me. The titles, there was no, 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 no kind of pull thriller titles like Pool of Blood or you know Death by Knifing. There was, there was nothing like that. It was just um, you know quite literary fiction novels. So I, I suspect um, that's probably not the kind of competition I should be entering with the books I'm writing at the moment. But um, I just thought I'd update you with that. That's another knockback. Uh, it's just part of the course as far as I'm concerned. You know, you win some, you lose some. Um, next week then, what's happening next week? I've got another 5,000 words to write. I have a book to finish. Um, I'm What am I doing? I'm teaching a corporate email marketing. And then I've got to recall two diaries next week because I fly out or I, I start my move out to uh, uh, Benidorm, Alicante Benidorm. That's where I'm, I'm, I'm heading out to uh, sort of Saturday, Sunday of next week. So what I will do in the diary that's going to run on the 16th of December, the week I'm away, um, I will give you a complete update on my book bub. So I've had 30 days of BookBub now, and I can tell you, I will give you the headline figure, actually. So uh, from the 30th of October to the 30th of November, my earnings in pounds um, were, so this is what comes into my Amazon account, £4,505. So we, we, I think I predicted that I, I, I think I predicted that I wouldn't make 5000 but I, w- I thought I might just make four and a half, I think. I think that's what I predicted. Um, so we've, we, we hit four and a half thousand pounds in a month of earnings. Let me just convert that to dollars for you in book report, the wonderful book report. And in dollars, ooh, ooh, uh, ooh, I hope, um, oh, I don't know whether I'm going to do this. I'm not quite going to do it within that, that month to month. But um, it was $5,986.51. Oh, if anybody had just broken the 6,000, that would have been nice, wouldn't it? 
Um, so, so that's this month. Now, I can tell you, I'll just tell you very briefly, and I'll dig into it in detail when I do the full review of 40 days of a book bub, um, that the, obviously the, the daily earnings are right down now. Um, but they're still good. And interestingly, I had my, I had my Amazon payment this month, which is two months behind. So the payment I got this month was, um, before I did the book bub. So there's no book bub in the last payment I've just received from Amazon. And it was pretty well what my wife earns per month with her part-time job. So it was actually a good month. Uh, the last month I had before BookBub, bef- you know, before we did the BookBub, before we did any kind of promotion. So um, I was quite surprised by that because I, I double-checked my figures and thought, hang on, have I got a bit of BookBub on this? That, that looks like quite a good month. So that was good. So just a normal earnings month before we did BookBub. So next month is going to be October. And you only catch two days. Is it October 30th, October 31st? So I'll get two days of BookBub next month. So it will be um, – I can't remember what October is going to be. It's going to be um, – Hang on, I'll do it quickly. I do like I do like this book thing, uh, book book report. If you don't use book report, uh, get it. So it's going to be about it's only about five six hundred quid next month, and then we get the big payday. So hang on, that's going to be when am I going to get that? December. I'm going to get like a, a the five hundred odd because it's two days of book bub. Is that right? Because we're two months out, aren't we? And then so I do I get the big payday in January? I think. Yeah, I think that's how it works. So it takes two months for them to filter through. Um, but yeah, four and a half thousand in, in, in UK stuff. Uh, and I'm very happy with that. Now, so I'm, that's degrading now. And so, uh, by day, how much are we doing a day at the moment? So, uh, let me just put this back in pounds very quickly. Um, and I'll let you know what we're doing in pounds. So, uh, we'll go historical because I haven't had a full day yet. So yesterday, so yesterday was 76 pounds still. Uh, and then last, the last week, we see, look there. So the last week was four hundred and sixty-four pounds. So the earnings are down. They're about, you know, they're roughly about fifty quid a day. But as you can see from yesterday's, we got a seventy-six quid a day. So we should squeeze another pretty good month out of that before that really decays. And um, I'm quite surprised to see seventy-six quid yesterday. Um, so um, yeah, so we're, we're, the last week has been four hundred and sixty-four pounds of earnings, which is 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 good, isn't it? I think you know it's good because I'm I'm doing rubbish. Um, so that's way more than I would have earned in a month normally. Um, so anyhow, I'll dig into this in detail. I'll do a full kind of breakdown. 40 days of BookBub. Uh, that episode will go on the 16th of December. And I'll let you know, you know, how the amounts, because there was definitely a point at which we broke. We went below £100 a day. And then there's going to be a point at which we go below £50 a day. And then it'll go below £25 a day. Then we will adjust back to where I was probably. What, what I'm really interested in, and I hope, I hope you're interested in this, is, you know, the book bub is all very nice. It's very helpful. It helps with cash flow. But what I'm interested in is what's the legacy of book bub? Does this improve my lot as an author? Does this make things better for me? Or does it really, after four months, will it make no difference at all? Will, will I be back to small payment months? That's really what I'm interested with this book bub, because I understand it business that you have good months and bad months I'm you know I'm delighted to have had a good month but from my career point of view one good month does not a business make um, I'm looking to build a business out of this so I'm looking at what the long-term residual value of that book bub was because that's the thing that I hope is good to give me that little notch up that little boost as an author that's more important to me in my author career of course a little flurry is nice but I need to be building the figures, you know, month on month and month, year on year on year. They need to be going up if I'm going to build a career out of that. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it. My guest on Monday 
is Rob Sinclair. Rob is a thriller writer uh, who has been working with uh, Bloodhound Books. The appearance from his success on Bloodhound Books is that Rob's come from nowhere and it just happened overnight. Absolutely not. If you want to hear one of these inspiring stories of somebody keeping at it, you know, working away, working away, and then getting the success that they deserve, you'll hear it with Rob. And he's got a great story. Uh, very, very interesting. That's coming up on Monday, the 4th of December. Um, I've got another 5,000 words to write before I record the next diary. I hope you have a great week of writing. I'll speak to you next Saturday. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.